the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for coming along. I got a little uh, State of the Union hangover today. That was quite a, um, I guess you can call it a spectacle. Oh, you can. (laughs) If that's not a spectacle, then we don't have one. Holy smokes. I mean, I expected at one point like floats to come through the room, people waving. Isn't it weird? I love it because it's such grand theater and it's so subversive and backwards and it's to me it's british it's mm, like it's our the, link. the closest thing to the brits as we have yeah now you told me something a little earlier which we talk about later on in the show about the the hissing and the oh yeah yeah i um you know there was a lot of conversation online about whether ruth bader ginsburg would show up at the state of the union address Considering and of course her health issues right um she has been uh recuperating post cancer surgery and of course she also is an at, at an advanced age and so people who are you know appalling and you know are like vultures online are trying yes, to figure yes. out whether she's you know going to live long and i just i cannot Please. stand that type of right. of uh speculative specul- death talk exactly i think it's just awful but anyway what they were wondering is if she showed up, if that would be a signal that she was in good enough health, that she would be able to hear oral arguments, which she hasn't heard yet mm-hmm. in January. Um, but then the Washington Post went and did an article on what it really means if a Supreme Court justice shows up. And it turns out not much because they don't show up very often. Now, see, I'm surprised by that because I would think that, that they as were a all group, there all the time, that it was a requirement. Exactly. In some way. Well, listen, the Washington Post went and showed each one of the sitting Supreme Court justices other than Brett Kavanaugh, because this, of course, was his first one. And they went back all the last, I don't know, 23 years or whatever and showed how many they had attended. So there are only a couple of them that are consistent attenders really? at the State of the Union addresses. So John Roberts is one of them, and I guess Kennedy was the other one, but Kennedy's no longer there. So uh, Samuel Alito hasn't been there since Barack Obama was president, hmm. and he made that comment. You know, Barack Obama was talking about one of the Supreme Court decisions, and Salito, Samuel Alito mouthed no or – you're wrong, or I forget what that was. He's never you're been back. You're a liar. Yeah, you're a liar. Something like that. was he's, picked up on camera. Yeah, he said he's never, so he's never been back after that. Um, anyway, Clarence Thomas was interviewed for the article, and he said, listen, I don't like it. He said, there is so much ruminating, like verbal ruminating in the uh, chambers while it's going on. He said, people are talking, people are responding, people are hissing, people... He said, it's just an unsavory atmosphere and I don't think a judge should be there. (laughs) See, because you miss all that. So after I read that article, I was watching last night and trying to see, you know, know, the audio that we get doesn't pick that up, but I was so curious. Once you, like once that was in my head, I could see people talking to each other, you know, people remarking to the person next to them, you know, people like 
looking on their phones. On Facebook. Right. What's her name? You know, uh, Alexandria, you know, taking a selfie in the middle of the speech. Selfie. I mean, it was just, anyway, I thought it was, it is grand theater. Yeah, it really is. And too bad you couldn't have like a 360 camera so you could see the proceedings while the president is speaking. I'd love to have that. More than anything, I'd love to be in the room itself. I mean, how historic that would be yep. to be part of that proceeding. It really yeah. would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having said that, um, I, wa- I listened to the speech. I was uh, driving for the most, of the most of the speech. And on radio, I really, really enjoyed the speech. I mean, I thought it was extremely well written. And considering, you know, this is not a knock against the president, although I guess in, in some ways. I mean, he's not the grand orator. For sure. He's not. Um, when he stays on script... It's it's a job well done. When he ad libs, it's a disaster. It disintegrates quickly. But whoever the speechwriters were, were a plus. Oh, it was. Oh, what a true. You know, I thought Trump has given, and if you don't, if you if you're not a Trump fan or a Trump supporter, um, I challenge you to just take a look at his speech that he made in Poland and his speech he made in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. they are two, in my mind, of the great presidential speeches. I, I and. They are so well crafted. They're so well done. Last night was the very first I thought excellent speech he made domestically. I think so too. And I thought it was I thought it was really well done. You stay on task. I wonder, you know, I mean, who were the people behind the speechwriter? I don't know because it really was a great job. Really, really, especially how it wrapped up. Right, and I think the proof's in the pudding that, uh, as of course always with a State of the Union address, there's polling afterwards to see how the speech performed. By and large, it was really greatly approved. Out of the park, seventy-two percent. Yeah, that was a CBS poll. Now, say what you will about you know the different policy issues. There is, of course, room to nitpick, and of course, if you're there's uh, a lot of room to nitpick. I mean, and if you're not a Trump fan, you can nitpick the whole thing. Of course, you can. Even if you are a Trump fan, you can nitpick parts of it because you think you know how serious really is he about that? In fact, we're going to talk about particulars of the speech coming up with uh, SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston at about five ten. Right, but the president made an extremely strong pro life stand. Yes, he did. He was not shy at all about calling out late term abortions and the horror of that, which was wonderful and. Many, many things he said. I was like, yeah, oh, right. I yep. was cheering him on, thinking this is a great country. It still it, is a great country, despite the naysayers. You are right. You are right about that. I wish for him that he would rise to the level of that speech. Every day. Every day. In how he tweets. Yes. In how he talks. We want that. Everybody we want desires that. that. We want that. And I want that for him. No matter I want who's that. the president. I want that for him personally. I want that for him as president. I mean, there were so many lofty ideals that yes, were beautifully were. stated last night. And would that he you know, wakes up this morning and thinks, you know what? I want to be that, and I want to speak that way, and I want to treat others that way. Right. Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't we all rejoice? However, uh, because we are not part of it, the muck and mire of what it is to be a politician in Washington D.C. I didn't like the white, the the Democratic women like wearing it. the white. I'm a woman. I didn't like it. Well, I they like it. they had their opportunity, right? They were. You know why I didn't together. like it? I, first of all, I appreciate the fact that there are more women in Congress than ever there, oh, yeah, there have been before. See that. um, That's what I, the, that was. The, I liked it because it was a really strong visual. Okay, I I didn't like it because to me it seemed a separation, us versus them. No, it seemed better than. It seemed elite. It seemed we are the enlightened, progressive women. 
who are looking down our nose at everyone. That, to me, that's what it looked like. Now, well, you might read it totally differently. No, I mean, I, I didn't mind the white whenever the camera zeroed in on the particulars. The facial expressions and the mocking tones and the finger wagging, that's what I found disturbing. Right? Correct. Is, thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate it, President. Um, but if you're talking about, politics. or if I'm talking about, the link to our roots in in British law and British conversation when it comes to to legislating. Oh my goodness! The Brits are still screaming and yelling at each other while they're wearing wigs. Right. So I mean, I don't think this is in this is untoward. Mm-hmm. Um, in, if you're comparing it to you know other ways people conduct themselves no, in no. public. Imagine people wearing wigs in the Senate and the Congress. I bet there've been some toupees that were uh, badly worn. Are you kidding me? Yeah, this this uh, sponsored by Hair Club for Men. Right. At some point in today's show, we have to talk about Nancy Pelosi and the giant cards she was holding. What was that? Seriously. Listen, I don't know what they were. I don't either. I need to know. And that's poor, that poor woman in her face. I mean, I mean, Mike Pence, like, he's, like you said, he's, he's got it down. He's got it down. Right. You don't, you don't ever move your face. No. You what? sit there and you do not move your face for an hour and 20 minutes. No, Nancy Pelosi was kind of like a marionette. Listen, I, mean, I couldn't concentrate several times during the speech well, because I kept you? looking at her. It looked like she was chewing sunflower seeds the mm, whole time. Like she, she got something in like, yeah. like the corner thing. she had thing. popcorn yeah, before the, trying to get that out and of there. And at one point she was sitting crooked and so it kind of looked like she was listing to mm. the side. Like <laughs> That's a long time to like, sit. I mean, if you have like, like sciatica or something, you would move around a little bit. All I'm saying is that someone needs to sit down with her and say, you're going to be on camera for an hour and 20 minutes. Don't move your face. No, nah, well, she, that's how she is. I mean, that's just what it is. She knows that by now. I mean, it's not like this is her first time out. Right? She's been spending Remember her Remember when she and career. Chuck Schumer did the response and they looked... <laughs> Remember? I worst. mean, did no one tell her, like, you have got to get the, that look off your face Mm-mm. because people are going to mock it? It's just who you are. That's all. You know, in this weird Come on, media how many, age. How many media consultants must Nancy Pelosi have? Yeah, Some of, of them need to speak truth to her and I mean, say, let us help you visually so that people don't, you know, turn you into a meme. I'm sure that they have. The guess is she chooses to ignore it. That's just how it is. You know, you can either choose the advice or not. Most people just go, nah, I'm fine. I'm okay. Let's move forward. That's all. She's not fine. No, she's, she's not. not okay. Hey, we'll take a break. Come back. We're going to go to Australia. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, life isn't about happiness. It's about meaning. And then later on in the show, Greg Clarkson from the White House joins us. So stay tuned for that. 101.5 WORD. The world teaches us to look out for our own needs and desires. But this week on Truth For Life, Alistair Begg encourages us to take a different approach. We're learning how to promote unity through humble, sacrificial love. Monday through Friday on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. This is going to be the year. This is the year you are finally going to get more sleep. Real sleep. Deep sleep. The kind where you wake up feeling fully rested, refreshed, and ready to take on the day. Well, put your head on my pillow. This is John Hall. There's no better time than now to make my pillow your pillow. Stop tossing and turning and get the support you need in your quest for a better night's sleep. Right now, Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, is offering word listeners his amazing four-pack special, 
Order today. You'll receive two premium My Pillows along with two Go Anywhere pillows. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. Just enter the promo code WORD at MyPillow.com. Try it. And if you don't absolutely love it, return it within 60 days for a full refund. If you've resolved to get a better night's sleep, now's the perfect time to do it. Use promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and make MyPillow yours today. That's MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. Showcase your business, meet local customers, and make new connections at the 2019 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo. One day only, Saturday, February 23rd from 10 to 5 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall, upper level near Wahlburgers. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 40 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. To succeed in business, you need talent. You find talent at the Word FM Job Fair. Businesses know our job fairs set the standard in this town thanks to the caliber of this audience. Highly trained, always seeking to up their game. These are loyal, hardworking, dedicated folks who'd seriously consider your offer if they only knew you had one. The Word FM Job Fair, Thursday, March 28th, 11 to 3 at the Pittsburgh Plaza Hotel Green Tree. It's anything but business as usual. Secure your presence now at 412-937-1500. Everybody wants to be happy, right? Everybody does. Cheryl McGrath is with us. She's a writer by passion and vocation. She works as full-time copywriter, lives in Melbourne, Australia. You can follow her at 26 Letters. She wrote a piece at 26 Letters called Life Isn't About Happiness, It's About Meaning. Cheryl, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Are you happy? I'm, I'm, I am. I'm very happy to be here. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Our pleasure. Thank you for being with well, us. It's going to be disappointing to Jeff Bezos and all the friends at Amazon if you say that we can't buy ourselves into happiness. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I think it's a very, uh, it's very much uh, living in, uh, living in Australia, but even living in, um, growing up in the States, it's a very, uh, um, a very human pursuit. We all want to to reach that level of happiness, and we're all trying to do it. And I think that that's what really inspired this particular article. Yeah, but so we're all being sort of sold a, a false bill of goods, and, and I guess you could sort of blame it on Amazon or the cable television or whatnot. But I, even well before that, everybody was always in culture, at least in the Western world, infused with the quest for happiness. That's it's part of our DNA in some way. Yes, that's true. So I guess um, I started thinking about it in terms of um, how it's kind of like a holy grail, I think it's the term that I use, um, that uh, we, we all kind of want to um, find the, the partner who's going to complete us or find a career that's going to make us happy or um, we'll have children and we want them to be perfect and achieve all that they dreamed of. And 
um, everything's kind of framed, I guess, in the terms of happiness. And I noticed that Christians do it as well. Um, it's uh, kind of fascinating to me. Um, but then I began to notice that even things like TED Talks and so on um, were uh, starting to steer away from this idea of happiness instead of talking about uh, meaning and uh, finding contentment in what you have and practicing gratitude. And I thought that was really interesting, um, particularly when it's coming from, a, a, I guess, a non-faith perspective and so forth. Um, and I guess that's, um, yeah, kind of where I started thinking um, more deeply about happiness, specifically next to the book of Ecclesiastes um, and uh, what that actually means. So you think that God doesn't want his people to be happy? Um, I think that God uh, doesn't promise us happiness all the time. So I think that we um, we do uh, get happiness in limited uh, amounts in certain ways. Um, I think that it's not that God doesn't want us to be happy. It's just that he doesn't promise us in this broken world that we're in um, that we're going to be happy all the time. Um, and the fact is, what I discovered is that... Um, we, when we're so obsessed with being happy all the time, there's so much, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be happy that we end up making ourselves miserable. Um, and uh, I think that the whole point uh, that I was trying to, I guess, get at that I, that I arrived at was that um, real happiness or real meaning comes from being contented in God. Yes. Um, I guess our other two options are chasing after happiness and continually being disappointed that it doesn't last, or just getting really cynical and bitter. Um, and I think we see that around us all the time. Well, that's an, that's an excellent point, right? So we grab for that, that uh, golden ring, and if we don't get it, then we do get a little cynical and, and upset because of our lack of happiness. Uh, what I love about this, that you, Cheryl, that you put a, a quote in there from Jim Carrey, and I'll just read the quote. He says, I think everybody, Jim Carrey says, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. Um, and uh, I'll raise my hand there, right? I mean, sure, it isn't the answer, but to reach towards God, that also, I think, for a lot of believers, right, is difficult as well, to find your true happiness in God despite the circumstances in your life. Yes, that's very true. Um, I think that uh, I, I tied the article very closely to um, Ecclesiastes, as I said, and one of the things I really like about Ecclesiastes is that it's a, it's a journey. Uh, the writer is talking about how um, he has tried all of these things and he can't uh, find happiness from it. And it seems to take quite a long time for him to actually just settle and go, hey, actually, I should be reaching for God um, and that God is the real, the real answer here. Um, I think that... Um, yeah, it's something I've definitely found in my journey that I still struggle with is trying to uh, get that balance right between striving for things that um, I, I want to do or things that I think will bring me some um, some happiness or some contentment, but also just being resting in God and knowing that actually that's what I really need um, and that's what I, where I really find um, my place and my meaning. Amen. Hmm. So as we think about the most appropriate, I don't know, ways to look at what we're doing, whether, I don't know, we're 
buying a new car or we're, you know, trying to figure out what elementary school we're going to send our kids to or we're, you know, putting in a new kitchen or maybe thinking of moving to a foreign country. I mean, how do we decide what is too much about our own happiness? Or do you feel like that's kind of self-corrective? Like the if we focus on our own happiness, the bottom line is sooner or later, we're not going to find contentment there. Yeah, I, I think I think you're I think you're right. Actually, I think that focusing on um, part of what uh, the, the the bulk of what I was talking about, like I, I um, one book that I really recommend, um, it's by an Aussie, um, uh, Happy Never After, and she talked about how focusing on happiness um, puts so much pressure on you um, that you end up feeling uh, it, it's almost like you get stage fright, like you have so much pressure on yourself that you you want to have this feeling of euphoria that we think is is real happiness. Um, I think that you're right in saying that um, focusing on it almost makes it more difficult to achieve. Um, it, it tends to come from uh, uh, aiming for something else, I think. Um, and for me, um, focusing on God means that I'm not focused on how I'm feeling at any given moment. Um, and making those big decisions, of course, I need to be praying and uh, I need to be consulting God about those things. But I think ultimately, if God uh, is by my side and I am uh, submitting all my plans to Him and doing it for His uh, for His glory, um, then it becomes easier to achieve. I guess I, I think you can almost achieve happiness by accident rather than focusing on it. Oh, that's good. It. That's really good. Um, yeah. Cheryl McGrath is with us from Melbourne, Australia. She is a writer. You can follow her blog uh, on Christian culture, psychology, creativity at 26 letters, Cheryl McGrath. So, Cheryl, you end your article and you say this. I love this. You say, where happiness starts is in knowing my identity is in Christ. My life isn't meaningless. I'm a child of God. I have a purpose. I am loved. I mean, yeah. it sounds very simple, but it's extremely complex what you just said there. Yeah, um, and I think it's something that I've um, I've had to grapple with a lot um, in my life. Just through, it's ups and downs. Um, I found it really important writing the article myself because it was. Uh, I often write things because I'm, I'm thinking through them myself, not because I'm an expert. Um, that yeah. I just want to share my knowledge. It's, sometimes I use it to mm-hmm. to uh, think things through. And um, I this is how I came to this conclusion and. Um, it's something I think we all need to remind ourselves of that, hey, um, we might have a great a great partner, a great house. Um, we may send our kids to a great school. But at the end of the day, if any of those things fail, aren't we aren't we still loved? Aren't we still um, don't we still have a meaning? Don't we still have mm-hmm. a God to give our life meaning? And that's really powerful for me. But we really do forget it <laughs> in the kind of rat race of the happiness and the, the status symbols and things that we have all around us um, here in Australia, but also in the U.S. and I know other Western countries and other countries around the world. Cheryl McGrath. Cheryl, she's a writer. She's a full-time copywriter. She lives in Melbourne, Australia. Thank you so much for joining us. Focus on meaning. Thank you. you a bushel and a peck a bushel and a peck and a hug around the neck 
Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse to see what you're planning for the love of your life besides a hug around the neck. Well, we've got something fun planned for Valentine's Day. Let me tell you about it. We'll turn down the lights, light the candles, bring out the china, and serve you the yummiest, home-cooked, farm-fresh, four-course meal you ever tasted. Wedding soup, reunion salad, grilled marinated flank steak, Mediterranean stuffed chicken breasts, pearls, potatoes, and your choice of homemade Springhouse cheesecake or pie for dessert. Or when I can't forget, coffee and pink lemonade. Our talented piano player will be on board to serenade you too. So call to reserve your spot or just come on out to the farm for a Valentine's Sweetheart Dinner at the Springhouse in 84 PA. Reserve your Sweetheart Dinner Date for Valentine's Day, 5 to 8.30 PM, Thursday, February 14th at 724-228-3339 or at springhousemarket.com. You know when you have about a billion things to do today and then you realize you're out of whatever it is that you really need and next day shipping isn't going to cut it because you really need it in like an hour. Yeah, that's when you turn to Office Depot Office Max. Buy what you need online at officedepot.com or on our app and pick it up in store for free in just one hour so you can give back to whatever else is lurking on your to-do list. And now save big at the buy two, get one free event. That's buy two, get one free at Office Depot Office Max. Offer expires February 9th, 2019. How many sales are you missing because you're not effectively using social media marketing? The vast majority of the population is on social media, shopping. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville is everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. Get smarter every day at ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama or maybe the next LeBron James. Try Ozzy's online quiz today and you could win two free tickets to anywhere in the world on United. OZY.com. Rain will be ending first thing this evening. Cloudy, damp, and mild for the rest of tonight with areas of fog, low 46. Tomorrow, some fog around early, otherwise mostly cloudy and quite mild. Periods of rain and a thunderstorm tomorrow afternoon and into tomorrow night. High tomorrow, 61. The low tomorrow night, 36. Increasing amounts of sun for Friday, but windy and turning much colder as temperatures fall into the mid-20s. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Is that uh, REO Speedwagon? No, John. Who is that? Actually, I don't know, but I know it's not REO Speedwagon. Work out. Who is it, Mike? Backman Turner Overdrive. Oh, Bachman oh. Turner Overdrive. Yeah. Backman. Bachman Turner Overdrive. I should have known that. What the heck am I talking about? Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yeah, anyway, um, taking care of business. Listen to this. Almost half of Americans say that they are workaholics, and many people who are workaholics work for free. 
Why, why would why would you do that? Uh, well, look, we talked about the guy from Wikipedia oh, the right. other day. Right. So I forget what this gentleman's name is, but this guy who has not married or had children, still lives with his parents, right. is responsible for over one third of all the Wikipedia entries. And he doesn't make a dime doing it. He yeah. does it because he is compelled to do so. That's a workaholic. A disconcerting new survey from one poll, that's the name of the poll, one poll reports some unhealthy trends inside America's workforce. Almost half of Americans, 48%, consider themselves workaholics. And most people filling out the survey indicated that they felt stressed about work at the exact moment they were filling out the survey. Stress is warranted, according to the survey. Uh, The average American works about four hours per week without pay. That's what they mean. And they spend another four hours just thinking about their job. Wait, wait. So we're spending four hours a week not being paid and then four hours just thinking. Worrying about it. Which also we're not getting paid for. How do you know that you're a workaholic? Researchers point to three symptoms of workaholism. Okay. Feeling like you're too busy to take a vacation. Worrying about work on a day off. And checking your email right when you wake up. 50% 50% of those uh, surveyed, uh, 58% of those surveyed said that they open emails first thing in the morning. How do you think? Uh, would you consider yourself a workaholic? I would have said no until you named those three things, and apparently I qualify for all of them. I, I don't – see, that to me is not a badge of honor. I'm not uh, saying it is. Some people would consider that, oh, I'm a workaholic. Well, like, hey, that, I'm – yeah. That's the American thing. Uh, here's I just why. don't know how to do it another way. Right. That what's in front of you needs to be done. Right. Here's how I know if I would take that. But I, I, I would think I would say that I'm a workaholic only because when I'm not working. I feel guilty about not working. Exactly. I often feel guilty like I should be doing something mm-hmm. to move things forward for all of us, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Crazy. I feel the same way. Well, I don't know what that means. I mean, it's a good thing we both feel that way, or maybe one of us would be, you know, holding the show together. Right. The other one would be dead weight. Well, like, you know, you and I, like. Don't so say I'm dead weight, Mike. Yeah. Like, whenever, you know, we log on and we put something on our show calendar, we all see it. Right. And I go, holy smokes, Kath just posted. I better okay. get to work. Right. Kath's busy. I better get busy, I too. I better get to work here right now. It's 2 a.m. I, literally, I woke up last night. Somebody called me on this. Um, I woke up uh, at. 3.30 last night. 3.30 in the morning? Mm-hmm. And I... No, you didn't. Did. No, you did not get your email. I booked... <gasps> I made an ask for a guest at 3.38. And that came back to me today. And the guy chastised me because he saw the time that it came in. And he was like, John, what are you doing at 3.38 in the morning? Is this a friend of ours? No. Just some guy that, you know, I read an article and I thought, well, yeah, this is the time to contact. What have I? I've lost my mind. Did you just wake up in bed and start booking guests? Mm-hmm. For- <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a sickness. That's wrong. You can't do that. I don't know. It's what it is. It is what it is right at this point. Right? Is that the first time you've done that? Oh, no. I do it all the time. Well, well you wake up at 3.30 in the morning and start booking guests for the show. Well, I mean. What? I I guess. <laughs> That's all I got to say. All right. That's all I got to say. All right. I hope it was a good guess.
101.5 WORD. Dr. Michael Youssef. Do you stand in need of salvation? Only Jesus can meet that need. Are you looking for a breakthrough and wondering where God is? Why is God so silent in the middle of your circumstances? He and He alone can give you the comfort of assurance and the perseverance to wait. Be challenged this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, no name. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation, giving from the heart. At Accurate Solutions Group, we do financial and retirement planning, and we think of ourselves as servant leaders. We've been at this for almost three decades now. We know how to identify issues and find solutions that work, but we believe we're also charged to be faithful stewards for our clients. Ethan and I hold to the fiduciary standard in our investment practice. That means every bit of advice, every recommendation must be in our client's best interest. Period. End of story. So we put together retirement blueprint solutions that help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. We'd love to talk to you. It's never too late. It's never too early. Just call Accurate Solutions Group, 412-515-3555, 412-515-3555, or visit ASGRetire.com. I'm Kurt Kinevic. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. The Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination. For your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are. The Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Needle Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Justpayhalfpittsburgh.com is the best place to find half-off deals for restaurants, events, and more. Right now, text JPH Radio to 21777 and receive an additional 20% off your first purchase. That's JPH Radio to 21777. Text and data rates may apply. Last week was a watershed moment in the pro-life movement. I believe so. Uh, what happened last night uh, or last week with the Virginia lawmaker and the state's governor as they garnered national attention about killing newborn babies? Seriously, when you were listening to that audio the first time, um, Kathy Tran was yes. the was the uh, representative, rep. right, de- Democratic representative, and when she was questioned about the bill she was putting forward. The question was, so like how you're talking about full access to abortion throughout the third trimester, like how late in the pregnancy? And yeah. she said, well, like there's no limit. And the person asking her said, well, like if a woman's in labor, would your bill support that? And she said, yeah, my bill would allow that. Mm-hmm. 
And then it was a day later that the governor, who's been embroiled in every issue, it seems, since then. Because of and this. And somehow is still hanging on to his position, which is hard to believe. It, it's also surprising and interesting to me. It tells us a lot about our cultural moment that it seems as if people are more upset Definitely. with his yearbook photos, which are upsetting. There's no question no about doubt. it. It's wrong and Horrific. tasteless and everything. But more upset about that than him talking about what would happen if a baby was born alive. And he said, well, the baby, I'll tell you what would happen. The baby would be kept comfortable while the doctor and the mother had a rational decision about, you know, whether they should allow what? the baby to live or not. That's basically what he was saying. Of course, they both, Kathy Tran and the governor of Virginia, backpedaled after the fact. Joe Carter's with us. Joe's the editor for the Gospel Coalition. He is the author of the Life and Faith Field Guide for Parents, the editor of the NIV Life Hacks Bible, and the co-author of How to Argue Like Jesus, Learning Persuasion from History's Greatest Location Locator. Um, uh, Joe has written a piece to the Gospel Coalition called Explainer, What You Should Know About the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Joe, welcome back. How are you today, sir? Great. Thanks for having me back on. Thank you. Always a pleasure. So after the events of which John and I just spoke, Joe, uh, Nebraska Senator Ben Sass uh, decided to uh, put forward or to fast track it, I guess, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Now, I believe, Joe, am I right about this, that he had introduced that bill earlier? Yeah, the, uh, it passed in Congress last last year, late last year. And so he introduced it in early January and he kind of uh, fast tracked it uh, this past week to kind of... Um, Yeah, and so he didn't. He wasn't looking for votes. He was just looking for a unanimous consent. Yeah, it was just for the. uh, He was just trying to uh, get the whole Congress to say yes, we we agree with this bill because it's very similar in certain ways to the uh, 2002 bill that got a unanimous consent of of Congress in, which just kind of stated that uh, infant who was born alive is included under federal law as a person. I see. All this essentially does is say, yes, well, here's the criminal penalties for allowing the person to die. Now, you think to yourself, of course, there has to be unanimous consent for something like this, but there was not unanimous consent. In fact, they never even voted. Am I right about that, Senator Patty Murray, Democrat of Washington? Well, unanimous consent vote, it it comes down to any one Congress or any one senator can vote no and the consent goes away. So now it just has to go for a roll call vote where everybody actually has to vote on it. So it'll come back up in a couple of weeks. I see. So, Joe, um, go into the details and tell us specifically what is the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act? What does that mean? Well, essentially it says that if a child of a botched abortion is born, it comes out of the, uh, the birth canal alive, then the doctor has uh, certain duties to uh, has to treat it with the same care he would if it was a born alive uh, baby from just a, a maternity ward. And you also have to ensure that the child is immediately admitted to a hospital. So you can't just ignore it and neglect it like some abortionist doctors do. They just um, set the child aside and wait for it to die. So you actually have to take care of the baby um, after it's born alive. I see. So last night during the State of the Union address, President Trump uh, boldly, he addressed this. Michael, I've got a clip here, right? There could be no greater contrast to the beautiful image of a mother holding her infant child than the chilling displays our nation saw in recent days. Lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb moments from birth. These are living, feeling, beautiful babies 
who will never get the chance to share their love and their dreams with the world. And then we had the case of the governor of Virginia, where he stated he would execute a baby after birth to defend the dignity of every person. I am asking Congress to pass legislation to prohibit the late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in the mother's I'm into that. I mean, that's a rare moment that uh, the Congress, uh, the Senate, would stand up and cheer uh, for uh, people to stop abortion. Right. The only problem is, Joe, that the whole Senate didn't stand up and cheer. Um, talk about how many children, Joe, are born alive after a botched abortion. Uh, the CDC did a study, and between uh, 2003 and 2014, they were able to document about 143 cases that they could uh, infant deaths that were directly due to induced termination. Now, when you think 143 across uh, about a 10, 10, 11 year span, that's about 10 or 11 a year. That's about um, seven times as many people as die as rabies and, you know, six times as many people as die as snake bite. I mean, this is pretty serious. It may not seem like much, but when you think 143 infants would have been alive if the doctors would have just taken care of them. That's a huge, oh my huge goodness. number. Oh, my God. You, you sort of cringe to think people in the room together actually doing this to a baby. I mean, I just I can't. I have a hard time getting my head around it. And, you know, when I heard the governor talk last week, Governor Virginia talk, Joe, I thought to myself, you know, the biggest pro and I hope I'm right about this, but the biggest problem they're going to have is finding providers who are actually going to do this. Um. I'm sorry, finding providers to do what exactly? Well, providers who would actually go along with not resuscitating a baby or not giving it, not keeping it alive. Who would act as a murderer, well, essentially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the, the, fact, the reality is, though, that the people who do this are late-term abortionists, like your Kermit Gosnells and your George Tillers. Uh, there are very few in them. There's very few out there. But there are enough that uh, there's you know several thousand babies uh, killed every year in late-term abortion. So they're not a huge number, but there are significant. And you gotta, you got to think that somebody who would have no problem killing a child in the third trimester would probably have no problem letting the child die after he came out. It's not, right. I guess. It's not that significant a difference. Well, Joe, isn't that illegal, right, for a child uh, born alive after a botched abortion to die? That's got to be illegal. Uh, no, only in about half the states in the union. Is there a specific law saying that doctor has an affirmative duty to give medical care to infants after a botched abortion? What? So almost about just about half the states, and in only six for states, six states is it required that you have to notice that the doctor has to notify that this happened, that the child was born alive. So a lot of these cases we're not even aware of because there's no duty to report. Really? So we have no idea how, how often this is actually occurring. So the, yeah, so the numbers could actually be much higher than 143 or whatever you said. Yeah, and the, and the Centers for Disease Control, where I got the statistics, they say that. They say it, the 143 number underestimates the total number of deaths that involve in termi- induced termination. So wow. nobody really has any number how many is actually okay. going on. Okay, so if this law were to come into effect, um, what are the penalties for for failing to obey it? Uh, penalties, they'd have a, um, a fine and about five years in jail. And this is for, and they could also be sued by the mother uh, to criminal, I mean, civilly have a civil lawsuit and sue the doctor for abortions who did this. Hmm. No, wait, the, say that again. The mother would be able to sue the doctor if what? Yeah, the mother would have the option to have bring a civil lawsuit against the doctor. If he, if, wait, if he, wait, if he killed the baby or if he saved the baby? 
See, okay. See, this is why. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. It's if, sad if, that you have to ask the question. If he allows the baby to die, I'm sorry. Okay, if he allows so if the, the baby. If the mother, if the mother wanted to have the abortion and somehow the abortion was botched, the baby came out alive. If the doctor did not care for the the baby, the mother would then have the option if she changed her mind to say, "I want to sue you because you allowed the child to die." So, but that's but she was. This 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 that, is where the cognitive dissonance dissonance comes in. That was her whole point in having the abortion. Yes, it is. But it, what it does, it gives, it strengthens the case against the doctor. It makes it harder for the doctor because he's saying, you know, what if the mother changes her mind just because she wants money? She doesn't have to have the proper motives. She can just do this for any motive at all. So oh my it kind gosh! Of gives him an extra incentive to say, okay, I'm not going to do this because not only am I criminally liable, I'm civilly liable too. So he can lose a lot more than just. Going to jail for five years. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This is like so okay, backwards right. land. Okay, it's so crazy I have a hard, upside down. So I, I can't get my head around why people would vote against this proposed legislation, Joe. Well, I think the I think what the reason why is because the Democrats really understand the logic of what is going on. Now, in the Democrats in the Democratic Party platform, it says there will be no restrictions on abortion at all for any reason. And so what happens is if you say that if the child is born alive, it's illegal to kill him, well, what about the seconds before he comes out? Mm. And logically, there's no difference. So right. it, it strengthens the case for allowing um, late-term abortions to be banned, and they're against that. That's really what they're worried about is banning late-term abortions. I don't think they're so concerned about infanticide. I don't think they're – there's not too many Democrats that really want to support infanticide. But what they want is protect late-term abortions. And – that's that's in the party platform. That's their position, and so they can't kind of. If you follow the logic, they know what's going to come next. They know that the next step is saying, "Well, if you allow that, well, why not, why can't you ban third-term abortions?" I see. So this is just a matter of semantics in some way to chase the baby but back up into well, the birth canal. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That and that's what it is, though, um, and that's why arguing this issue is fraught with peril. Because if you're going to look at a baby that is outside the womb as magically different right. than it was, you know, 30 seconds before when it was still in the birth canal, right. that you realize that it does logically, you don't have a defensible position. Exactly. And that's why I think the, the, the next step of the abortion lobby is to say, is follow Peter Singer. Peter Singer is this biologist at Princeton University who says that essentially there's no difference between the baby and the third trimester in the womb. And a two-year-old. So parents should have the option to kill a child mm. up to two years old. And I think we're going to see the abortion lobby saying, well, it, a lot, we're not going to kill them, but we'll allow negligent, we'll allow them to die. Right. Because that preserves the abortion right, the right to abortion. Wait, so, so to define that term. What exactly is the abortion lobby? Well, the abortion lobby is groups like Planned Parenthood, NARAL, um, groups like that who just want to protect abortion. Um, for any reason, at any stage of the pregnancy. So there are there are men and women who are actively engaged in politicizing, um, spending money, equipping, engaging, having lunch with those in power to make sure that abortion remains uh, free and open to the public. That's that's their full time job, essentially. Oh, absolutely, and and they spend a lot of money. They spend millions of dollars lobbying Congress to can, do this. And in fact, I, as I mentioned before. This is part of the Democratic Party's platform. I mean, their official party platform is there will be no uh, restrictions allowed for any reason at any time during the pregnancy. Yeah, That's we, in the party platform. And it got there because the abortion lobby, you know. It's so strong. Wow. I can't imagine that. Spending your life. That's your life's work. 
Good gravy. I can't imagine, Joe, what this says about us, all of us. I don't know. They were having I, this conversation. They were having this conversation and that, you know, for those of us that have worked in and around this issue for so long that we have, in some ways, I feel like we've utterly failed, that we have not been able to effectively and logically and with kindness persuade the country of the heinous nature of what abortion is to the point where we see now that we're talking about whether we're going to let a baby sitting in front of us live or die. Yeah, well, part of the problem is that a lot of pro-lifers aren't even aware of what the actual law says, how it's applied, and things like that. And so it makes it harder for us to imagine that this stuff is actually going on. We kind of assume that, uh, for example, when the um, uh, Delegate Tran in, in Virginia, who, who was caught on video saying that, yes, she should allow the baby to die at the, from, for mental health reasons, the mother's mental health, up when the baby's coming out, that is what Roe v. Wade says. It says for the mental health, for the mother's health, include mm-hmm. mental health, she can have an abortion for any reason up until the time of birth. So that's a law in all 50 states. She wasn't changing the law, but most people already assumed that she was trying to stretch it into something else. And what she was doing was setting up the law in Virginia for after Roe gets overturned. But that's already the law of the land in all 50 states now. And most pro-lifers don't even know that. It's The abortion laws are so extreme that we just can't fathom that that's possible. So we just refuse to acknowledge it. Unbelievable. Okay, now before you leave us, Joe, and we want to thank you again for just bringing facts and information to our conversation. Um, tell me again, how many states in the union actually, like, I, I can't, it's hard for me to believe that this law is necessary. How many states in the union would a baby be born alive that baby would not be resuscitated or given any medical uh, measures at all? I believe right now there's uh, 24 states. They 24 don't have states. A law in the books you could do that in 24 states. Holy smokes. Hey, Joe, uh, thanks. Uh, you're the bearer of bad news, but we appreciate your time here with us. Well, thanks for having me on. Our appreciate pleasure. It. Joe Carter from the Gospel Coalition. I mean, it's just jaw-dropping. And Joe's point's well taken. If we don't know what those laws already are, then how do you, you know, you can't respond. So obviously, in the fight for life, knowledge is key here. If you're serious about wanting to be your own boss, and if you're serious about wanting to succeed, your very first phone call should be to Vanguard. Rob Thomas is living proof of how quickly you can grow with Vanguard Cleaning System's proven model of success. That's a little shocking, ain't it? Shock me. <laughs> when I started, it was me and my brother on a truck. Now, I got two company trucks, eight people that work for me, and I got an office on Braddock Avenue. And that's in a year and a half. They give me my first contract, a company down on the North Shore. The next thing you know, one turn to two, two turn to three three turn to ten because they got good reviews about my work makes me feel like i'm making a difference the trainer was good you get a lot of one-on-one time facetime and it's not like you go through training and that's it they're always a phone call away you want to go to vanguard because they're going to put you in the best position to succeed with vanguard backing me sky's the limit to start your own janitorial business in the pittsburgh area call vanguard cleaning systems of western pa 724-870-4120 Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. 
You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm. Didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth. We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at Stock Family Dentistry Today, you have more choices than ever when it comes to where you purchase products, but you also have an opportunity to support companies that align with your values. The Original Mattress Factory hand-builds high-quality mattresses right here in your hometown. We believe in doing right by our customers by offering the best mattresses at factory-direct prices every day. So when you shop for a mattress, we hope you'll make the choice to buy with your values. Visit the Original Mattress Factory to see the OMF difference for yourself. What is this? Well, if you want to rickroll somebody, today is the day because it's Rick Astley's birthday. Yeah. I, I don't know this Happy at all. Birthday, Rick. Okay, so John, you're saying you don't know the song. Well, Maybe on the periphery, you know. How about that? Wow. Not really. Okay, well, Rick Astley is the artist that you see in this video in front of you. 1987. Uh-huh. Uh, he's 53 years old today. and uh, eh? Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I've been Rickrolled many times. Rickrolled? What's yeah, that mean? Rolled. Yeah. Well, Rickrolled is, you know, someone sends you a link in a, an email or, a fa- you know, a post, a Facebook post, or yeah. maybe it's in a text message or whatever, and you click on it, and instead it shows this horrible video. Fantastic. I mean, it is such a terrible video. I mean, I've seen worse. It looks very 80s. What's he wearing, like a duster? Yeah, it looks like he's... It's a duster. And who's the girl? I don't know. Anyway, happy birthday to Rick Astley. Very nice, very nice. All right, so you had a story about lipstick that was of, of interest to me, John. Yeah. Just because yeah. I'm concerned about my own physical health. How much lipstick uh, do you eat in a year and I didn't, over your lifetime? I mean, I didn't think I ate any lipstick How in much? a year. but Speculation among some of the cosmetic-related websites that women who wear lipstick ingest anywhere from, from four to seven pounds, depending upon the uh, lifespan. Four to seven pounds. Over of, my lifetime, I'm going, yes. to, I'm going to ingest four to seven pounds of lipstick. Yeah, that's right. Is that uh-huh. detrimental to me? I would think so. Um, but you don't know that, do you? I don't, no. Um, I mean, here's the thing. If I added, if I put all the lipstick I've used in my life, even in the little like tubes, I can't imagine that would weigh four to seven pounds. Oh, what do you, really? I don't think so. How many times, okay, so the, the uh, chart here is based upon applying lipstick four times to six times per day. That's yeah. ridiculous. And then That's, from that, mm-hmm. right, the mouth yeah. machinations mm-hmm. that find its way into your digestive tract mm-hmm. over 40, 50, 60, maybe years or more, mm-hmm. that that could add up to four to seven actual pounds of lipstick coursing through your body. I'm starting to be concerned. That's a lot I mean, of lipstick. now that you've said it that way. 
What what would be uh, uh, this is a uh, a question that's it's a fraught. personal question. Well, what isn't actually lipstick made out of? I mean, you think is is it metal? Is it? I mean, what? No, it's not metal. I, th- I believe it's a wax base. Butterfly wings. I think it's no. I, I mean, think it's a wax base. But you don't know. I got to be honest. Don't I don't know. So you're putting something very intimate on your. They, and uh-huh. you have no idea what the ingredients are, and you're eating it over the course of your life. I got to be honest. I didn't care until about 20 seconds ago. Four to and- seven pounds. We need an 800 number. For you know, lipstick poisoning. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Sharing the word that changes the world. One hundred one point five WORD FM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The blackface scandal that threatens the future of Virginia Governor Ralph Northam now includes the next two Democrats in line of succession. The woman who has accused Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax of sexual assault at the 2004 Democratic Convention has identified herself and issued a detailed description of the event. Fairfax claims it was consensual. And now the second person in line of succession, Attorney General Mark Herring, says that back in 1980 he donned blackface and a wig while a student at the University of Virginia to portray a rapper. Herring says he's deeply, deeply sorry. George Bonzani reporting. A string of scandals that began when the yearbook picture came to light last Friday could have a domino effect on Virginia state government. If Northam and Fairfax fall, Herring would be next in line to become governor. After Herring becomes House Speaker, Kirk Cox, a conservative Republican. This is SRN News. Testing, testing, one, two. Can you say something into the mic? Red leather, yellow leather, the tip of the tongue, the top of the teeth. All right, uh, what's this for? Uh, It's a life insurance company, Ethos. Oh, okay. You know, I looked this up last night. No joke, ended up applying for life insurance. (laughs) No way. Yeah, seriously. I didn't have life insurance and always heard it was so complicated and time-consuming, but this was easy. Oh, nice. It took only a few minutes to apply. You get a quote right away, pick your policy, and answer some questions all in 10 minutes. It wound up being affordable, too. And you know what? I feel good to have finally gotten covered for my family. Wow, what's it called again? Ethos, but the website is Ethos Life. Well, okay. It's in my notes. Ready to do this? Uh, Yeah. Wait. Doesn't that red light mean we've been on the air the whole time? (laughs) Yep. Oh, well, I said it already, but here it goes. Get a free instant quote and submit your application within minutes at ethoslife.com. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com. This is going to be the year. This is the year you are finally going to get more sleep, real sleep, deep sleep, the kind where you wake up feeling fully rested, refreshed, and ready to take on the day. Well, put your head on my pillow. This is John Hall. There's no better time than now to make my pillow your pillow. Stop tossing and turning and get the support you need in your quest for a better night's sleep. Right now, Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow is offering word listeners his amazing four-pack special. Order today. You'll receive two premium my pillows along with two go anywhere pillows. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. Just enter the promo code word at mypillow.com. Try it. And if you don't absolutely love it, return it within 60 days for a full refund. If you've resolved to get a better night's sleep, now's the perfect time to do it. Use promo code word at mypillow.com and make my pillow yours today. That's mypillow.com. Promo code word. 
When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. To succeed in business, you need talent. You find talent at the Word FM Job Fair. Businesses know our job fairs set the standard in this town thanks to the caliber of this audience. Highly trained, always seeking to up their game. These are loyal, hardworking, dedicated folks who'd seriously consider your offer if they only knew you had one. The Word FM Job Fair, Thursday, March 28th, 11 to 3 at the Pittsburgh Plaza Hotel Green Tree. It's anything but business as usual. Secure your presence now at 412 937 1500. Rain will be ending first thing this evening. Cloudy, damp, and mild for the rest of tonight with areas of fog, low 46. Tomorrow, some fog around early, otherwise mostly cloudy and quite mild. Periods of rain and a thunderstorm tomorrow afternoon and into tomorrow night. High tomorrow, 61. The low tomorrow night, 36. Increasing amounts of sun for Friday, but windy and turning much colder as temperatures fall into the mid-20s. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet. Serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. A very soggy Wednesday afternoon. Huh. It's rough out there, but it's better than snow. It is better than stuff. Sure is. And we're going to enjoy another warm day tomorrow before things go south and we get colder on Friday. But uh, things kind of cold last night in the chambers of Congress as the president delivered his State of the Union address. I loved it. I did not watch it on the tube. I was uh, traveling by car, so I heard all of it on radio. That's a good... It's a good way to take in a speech, isn't it? Very much You're so. not distracted by the visual. Exactly. So you can really pay attention to the theme of the speech and the way it moves. And, yeah. And you thought? I think the president sounded great. Um, I was impressed. It was deeply poetic. I think he was right on point. Uh, there are some things that, that I loved, other things I disagree with. But, man, I think he brought it. You know, the president's good in that uh, on the teleprompter, right? And his speechwriters do a marvelous job. I think he, you know, that call for unity, as uh, roundly mocked as it's been, especially from a liberal perspective, it resonated. And I think it showed in polls today that people who watched the speech or heard the speech also responded in a positive vein. He talked about economic gains, uh, you know, cited jobs numbers, talked about legislative wins over his first two years in office. A criminal justice reform was something that he actually brought several guests on to, you know, sh- highlight. Yeah. Um, two people in particular, um, Matthew Charles, who was the first prisoner released as a result of the First Step Act. Um, that was a wonderful story. Sure was. And then Alice Johnson, who was granted clemency by Trump after 22 years of incarceration. Both of them present in the uh, in the chambers along with uh, all of our elected representatives. Okay, so speaking of elected representatives, we had a whole um, we had a whole slew of women in white. Right, sort of a protest visual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we had the sergeant at arms, which to me is the is the most 
obvious relic of our British past, which is the guy that comes in and says, Madam Speaker. It's a great gig. Can you imagine that's your job? This is what I want. The sergeant of arms. I want him to wear a hat. Yeah, a large hat with a plume. I feel like he needs velvet boots. Mm. Well, how do you get to become the sergeant? Who do you have to know to find yourself in that position? And there's really no purpose for it that's not just ceremonial. Right. A nod to the past. Right. Although maybe during the regular course of a workday, you know, he might do something else. Like what would you do? Can you get two Splendas? I want him to have a better outfit. I'm sure he he does fine. I mean, I'm sure his suit, I'm not saying he wore a bad suit. I'm just saying for what he does, I need it to be more theatrical, Mm -hmm. visually. Perhaps like the Wizard of Oz uh, guards. Speaking of theatrics, uh, and we're going to talk to Greg Clugston in just a couple minutes from the White House to uh, get his take on what happened last night as he was covering it for the Salem Radio Network. Um, Nancy Pelosi also wore white along with the the female Democrats. Mm -hmm. What what is she looking at? Those large uh, cards that she had? Yes. Are they art prints? They could have been. (laughs) <laughs> because, and they were moving around. So I saw, you know, some tape of what she was doing today. That they were very large, oversized pieces. What was that? I wondered. And as I tried to find the answer, nobody no, knows. No one has really asked the question to find the answer. I mean, I feel like I've watched a lot of State of the Union addresses. I've never seen those mm. type of rectangular bits of poster board no. up there. I told you, I believe that she's a quilter, and she was looking at <laughs> quilting samples for her next quilt. I think she's redoing her kitchen at home, and she's looking at blueprints. <laughs> that could have been. Mm-hmm. But they were large, mm-hmm. very, very large. They were large. Um, maybe she suffers from poor eyesight, and, and they were blow-ups of the speech. Maybe she was too vain to wear glasses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe. Not too vain, however, to stop the crazy faces she was making back there, which just – she turns herself into a meme. She does. She yeah. just does. She needs to have a good conversation with her media consultant who can say Nance. You need to adopt the Mike Pence, which is absolutely flat, no flat facial. facial affect. Right. Do yourself a favor. Now, to be fair, that is an untenable position to be put into. Because oh, everything that you do is magnified Isn't it by a million. I would, I, For an hour and 20 minutes, oh. you have to sit there and, look. And, and not make any. But that's really what you have to do if you don't want to be turned into a meme. Right. That's your job. I mean, it's not impossible. Mike Pence does a very fine job of that, doesn't he? We're going to open up the phone lines in uh, just a little bit. We want to hear from you about last night's State of the Union address. We don't talk politics very much except for Mondays when we have Greg Clugston on the air. But we'd like to hear from you. If you're a a Trump fan, if you're a Trump anti-fan, I want to hear what you thought of last night's speech and whether you'd wear white or not. Very nice. Okay. In a few minutes, we'll go to the White House. Greg Clugston will join us from Salem Radio News to give his insight because he covered it for the network last night, of which we are part of. So stay tuned. More State of the Union talk in just a few minutes. 101.5 WORD. Where were you 50 years ago this week? Well, if you're John MacArthur, you were about to leave an itinerant preaching ministry to preach your first sermon as a pastor and effectively launch a worldwide Bible teaching ministry that you might have heard of. Grace to you. We celebrate a half century of ministry this week. 
Don't miss a broadcast on Grace to You tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. The average person considers estate planning just for the wealthy. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on estate planning for the everyday person. There's a lot that goes into it. People take more time picking out what car they're going to buy, where they're going to go to dinner, as opposed to what happens to my children. The state will dictate who gets what if you don't indicate who is to receive your stuff upon your passing. We want to make sure we plan appropriately so that they get the best of both worlds. They continue to receive the benefit and they get the inheritance. The other thing you have to think about is tax planning. We try to be proactive in the approach that we minimize any type of tax consequence when somebody dies, depending on the value of the estate. These taxes range anywhere from 45 to 40%. So we try to make sure that the beneficiary will receive as much as they legally are able to. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. This is the Entertainment Answer. When Calls the Heart, the Greatest Blessing comes to DVD from Shout Factory on March 5th. From celebrated author Jeanette Oak comes a rigorous and romantic adventure as epic as the wide frontier. When Calls the Heart, a beautiful story filled with many values such as love, community, faith, and of course caring about one another. Fans of the When Calls the Heart TV series will want to check this out for sure. When Calls the Heart, the Greatest Blessing coming March 5th. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. Showcase your business, meet local customers, and make new connections at the 2019 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo. One day only, Saturday, February 23rd from 10 to 5 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall, upper level near Wahlburgers. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 40 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. Buying locally made products is a simple act that can have a tremendous impact on a local economy. Since our company was founded nearly 30 years ago, the Original Mattress Factory has offered quality mattresses that are hand-built in our own factories and sold directly to you. Plus, we're not just locally made. We are also locally owned by our employees who live, work, and play in the same communities as you. So stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the difference local makes for yourself. Right here in Pittsburgh. Last night, if you watched the State of the Union address, uh, it was uh, a truly an amazing evening, a, a, a historic night. President Trump uh, was in full flower. Uh, the speech itself was, uh, I would say, a, a masterwork. And uh, Greg Clugston from SRN News had a front row seat as he covered the story for SRN News. Greg, welcome back to the show. Hi, John. Good to be here. Good to be with you, too, Kathy. Greg, I've rarely heard such... Uh positive responses from the American public when polled after a State of the Union address. The CBS poll I saw last night said that about 72% of people polled said that they were in favor of what they heard from the president. 
Exactly. And CNN had a, a similar poll with a very strong, favorable responses from the people that they were surveying as well. So it's interesting because when you often watch the cable news network coverage uh, of the event, and then you look at what the American people are saying, you you often see a divide there, mm-hmm. don't you? Sure do. And uh, we, we saw that last night. Right. And considering how polarizing President Trump is in his presidency and his speaking style, you never knew know what's going to come down the pike. <laughs> no, we don't. Somebody was saying, and I think um, there might have been a White House official within the last few days that was floating out the idea that the president's speech may run about 45 minutes. Wow. Last, last year, it was an hour and 20 and so when I heard 45, I, I was a little skeptical, I, because it almost doesn't matter who the president is. It's typically at least an hour, right, you know, just out of the, out of the gate. Uh, and he went, I think, two minutes longer last night than he did last year, wow. an hour and 22 minutes or something to that effect. So we, we never know exactly. Uh, we, we always get teased a little bit of information from White House officials who do provide some limited background briefings on what to expect thematically and all the rest. Uh, but then, of course, when you see the full the full evening, um, you know, laid out and the, and the guests that he brings and the policies that they represent when he calls them out in the gallery, uh, it's always quite a show. It sure is. Now, Greg, there are so many things going on last night. Of course, at the center point is the president's communication, his vision for the future. But then around that with uh, all the different uh, Congress people and senators dressed in white and uh, Nancy Pelosi and the gigantic cards that she was shuffling. The galleys for tomorrow morning, Saturday evening post. I mean, there, it was theater almost of the absurd. <laughs> I know. Uh, everybody, of course, was going to be watching the, the Pelosi response, of course, because she's sitting over the left shoulder of the president as he's delivering this speech. And obviously her presence there represents what was the result of the midterm elections. Democrats are in control at the divided government on Capitol Hill, which is the first time that the president was delivering the State of the Union or a speech in that chamber with that as the scenario. And you're right. He, all he had to do was look out into the audience, and he could see that it was a dramatically different-looking House chamber than it was the last time he was there a year ago. Um, so there, there's all of this color and, and the drama. Uh, and, of course, we, we, we see the usual Republicans getting up and cheering at every other sentence and the Democrats <laughs> sitting on their hands. Yeah. So that was an interesting strategy on the president's part. Um, he kind of, um, I would say, boxed in Democrats in the room because there were things that he was talking about that if they didn't stand and applaud, they were going to look like idiots. And there were still a few things that they did not stand for that you would think that any, any uh, you know, America-loving member of Congress would, you know, stand like a, for. Like America's not going to be a socialist nation. Right. And that's an interesting line. And, and my, my sense is that's going to be a theme and, if not a, a specific line, that we hear repeated by the president going forward. Because there are any number of, of, of members of Congress, especially some of the newly elected freshman class, who are uh, showing strong leanings towards socialistic tendencies. And we're seeing a rise in poll numbers from especially younger Americans who, who, don't, uh, who often see socialism uh, as something more positive than capitalism. And so the president is uh, going to be pushing back on this. He didn't do it just last night, but I'm guessing as he moves forward for his 2020 re-election, it's going to be a recurring theme. What about the um, the 
you know, and I wondered if he would do this. I think that's one of the fun things about watching the speech and not having any details ahead of time is you're wondering what he's going to address and what he isn't going to address. And so I thought, is he going to mention the abortion thing in Virginia? Is he going to mention it in New York? Is it going to come up? Well, it certainly came up. And the president made a bold statement in favor of caring for the rights of the unborn and the newly born. It was an unmistakable pro-life message. And to be honest, when it comes to the sanctity of life, the president and his administration, they've been very consistent from day one on this issue. And that has been, of course, uh, well received by uh, his conservative, especially social religious conservative supporters. Uh, and so and the president, the vice president often likes to uh, refer to Donald Trump as the most pro-life president in American history. And so I, I, what I thought was interesting, too, was the placement of the uh, discussion of abortion and his call for uh, the banning of a late, you know, late-term abortion procedure. It came right after he talked about uh, parental, uh, you know, paid parental leave and uh, finding a cure for childhood cancer. He had all of the Democrats and everybody supporting the idea of care for children and uh, parents and families. And then he segued right into what he called a chilling display of both those New York and Virginia examples. Now, interesting, though, that when he brought up, uh, you know, that the United States will stand with the unborn and with the newly born, it's hard to believe we have to say that, but it was said that was another instance where a lot of the women in white didn't stand. No, they they were really happy about paid, you know, family leave ideas that the president is uh, proposing in his budget. Uh, but when he when he talks about uh, you know pro life and and uh, the abortion issue the way he did, uh, that's obviously a, it's a cultural it's a it's a it's a it's a strong issue that uh, people are you know polarized over. Interesting that one of the guests that Nancy Pelosi brought into the House chamber last night was the president of Planned Parenthood. So she was uh, with her guest list already responding to what she might have guessed the president was going to say and what he ended up saying. I see. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. We're looking back at last night's State of the Union address. So, Greg, the major talking point, which I think everyone was waiting for, was, of course, the conversation about the wall. Right. And the president didn't shy away from this. He he devoted a, a good portion of his speech to talking about the importance and what he said was uh, the moral issue of securing the border. Uh, I found it also interesting. He used he used the word, uh, you know, he referred to the morality of the issue uh, as if he was rebutting what House Speaker Pelosi has said in the past about describing a border wall as being immoral. And he was making the case last night that it's the moral and the right thing to do to keep Americans safe from illegal immigrants. And, of course, he was doing what he has often done in these last few months, and especially when he was on the campaign trail during the midterm elections. But he was really, you know, listing and portraying the dangers, as he sees them, of having a a porous southern border. And so he said, look, I'm, I'm going to get this wall built. Even as he, even as he was calling for unity and bipartisanship, so that's sort of the dichotomy of of the speech. Mm-hmm. That's often the case, uh, and, and and it was on on this and other issues as well. He does he does call for unity and cooperation with the Democrats, but at the same time, if you listen to what he said about the border and what he wants to do in terms of a wall, he was not budging at all from his earlier stance. And of course, that is at the heart of this whole debate 
that led to our government shutdown. Right. The president said the decision is ours to make. The politics of revenge, resistance, and retribution have to end. Uh, so that's the call for unity. But the question is, I wonder how seriously the president himself is going to take that. I mean, any of us who follow his Twitter feed knows that's not how he's looked at things up to this point. That's right. And and that was that was a part of not only the Salem Radio News uh, commentary that uh, was uh, discussed, but also, you know, across the board with other news outlets, that we have seen this play out before, where the president will say one thing, especially when it comes in the trappings of a formal speech, like the State of the Union, where, for the most part, he is staying on script <laughs> and reading the teleprompter. And then what does he say when he's asked a question uh, that kind of uh, piques his anger? Or what does he say uh, when he's sitting down to send out a message on Twitter? Often, uh, what the president says in the speeches is not backed up by his actions and his own words. So we'll have to see. He's been fairly quiet for the most part in terms of um, you know, falling into that trap today. He was asked one question at a, at a uh, press briefing availability earlier this afternoon, just within the last hour or two. He was asked about comments by the House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, who is a Democrat, who says that he wants to launch a deep investigation not only into Russia, but into Trump's personal financial transactions. And uh, the president snapped back. He said that Schiff is just a political hack trying to build a name for himself and that it's essentially harassment that he's, uh, he's engaged in. So the president, of course, is not shy about fighting back when he feels like uh, he's under the gun. Salem Radio News reporter Greg Clugston is with us. Now, Greg, uh, speaking of the investigation, the president made a pointed, I would not say plea, but a pointed statement about, the st- about stopping the investigation. He did. He, he regarded, uh, he, he referred to and described as in these investigations as partisan and ridiculous last night. And in the section when he was talking about, uh, you know, the strength of the economy, and my guess is that was one of the reasons why a lot of Americans liked the speech last night, when they hear him tick down the list of uh, being a strong energy exporter in the U.S. and the job creation numbers and the trade regulations coming down and all the rest. Uh, you know, Americans find that to be good news. But the president tied those two issues together uh, and that has, you know, brought a little bit of scorn, not surprisingly, from some Democrats today who were saying that, and Pelosi described it as a threat. She said it wasn't appropriate for the president to essentially say that the economy could go sour if these investigations of him continue by Democrats in the House, because they have all these committees now, and they're in charge of these committees and oversight of the government, and uh, he's just warning them that. If uh, something happens to him because of their investigations, then the good good economy might not be so good in the future. Greg, let's talk about the women in white. So uh, Democratic women showed up in force, uh, the most women that we've had serving in Congress in the history of the republic, um, all wearing the same thing, all kind of looking around at one another right. to decide when to clap or stand. With the exception of one. Oh, that's right. Kamala Harris wore black. Yeah, not everybody was doing it, but there were. You're right. The numbers were, um, were were quite high in terms of their visibility, and obviously, visibility was a part of what they wanted to do. They wanted to make a statement. They wanted to be, um, you know, eye-catching to the president to let them know that there are many more women, and um, and then also, relatedly, many more minorities represented in the House chamber in this Congress 
than in previous Congresses. Uh, and again, the result of the midterm elections. It's interesting because the president had kind of a playful moment there when um, they had st they stood to clap about the employment numbers for women, uh, and he said something to the effect ad lib of, "Hey, you should stay standing for this next line." You're going to like this. He, <laughs> yeah, you're going to like this because that's when he mentioned, you know, the, the number, you know, the record number of women serving in in the Congress now. Uh, it was as if he was wanting to take credit for that in some way. Yet, of course, the women were saying, "Well, look, there was there was this backlash against you know Trump policies in the midterms, and that's why we got elected." So they were each trying to take credit for uh, for them being there. Last night, Representative Liz Cheney, Republican of Wyoming, uh, tweeted something biting, but it was a, it was an interesting and I think accurate criticism. She said, "Things my Democrat women colleagues wouldn't clap for at the State of the Union tonight, America." freedom, free enterprise, law enforcement heroes, record low unemployment for women and minorities, the right of babies to live, things they did clap for themselves. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, of course, you know, that's coming from a Republican, and so she had, you know, her ideas on, on, on what her values are and on the rest. But uh, that gets to back, back to what we spoke a, a few minutes earlier about in terms of you know, sort of the, the theatrics of the evening, right. um, but it does it does speak to, you know, the wide cultural divide between these two parties. And we talk about this being a polarized country when it comes to politics, but when you look at the response by elected lawmakers in the U.S. Congress on some of these key core issues, and who who applauds them publicly and who does not, it really uh, is striking in terms of of. Uh, the great distance that has to be bridged, and that's why the whole presidential message of unity and cooperation, even if the president is himself not the best messenger of that message, um, is, is still a tall order for anybody who's in Washington these days. Greg, clearly the, uh, the heart of the speech were the guests that he brought, the president brought, um, from D-Day survivors to, you know, Joshua Kaufman, who was interred at Dachau, to Irving Locker, one of the American military who liberated him. I mean, that was just an absolutely terrific twosome to see. Um, but several local Pittsburgh heroes also represented. Uh, Timothy Matson, local SWAT member who went into the Tree of Life synagogue during the shooting to subdue the shooter. Let's hear a little audio from that. We must never ignore the vile poison of anti-Semitism or those who spread its venomous creed. With one voice, we must confront this hatred anywhere and everywhere it occurs. Just months ago, 11 Jewish Americans were viciously murdered in an anti-Semitic attack on the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. SWAT officer Timothy Matson raced into the gunfire and was shot seven times chasing down the killer. And he was very successful. Timothy has just had his 12th surgery, and he's going in for many more. But he made the trip to be here with us tonight. Officer Matson, please. That was a wonderful moment, Greg. Absolutely. And, you know, these guests, again, they, uh, they are meant to reinforce the values and the policies that the president is embracing and putting forth in the speech. Uh, everything from, 
prison reform to tax cuts to immigration. Uh, the various people there were, were meant to put you know, a human face on these issues. Of course, the Democrats, they were bringing their own guests. Uh, they don't get as much attention, of course, as the president, but they were bringing you know, federal employees who were furloughed during the government. They were bringing transgender military members in protest of the president's military ban on transgenders. So uh, everybody was, was using these guests to uh, further their own policies and their own ideas. No doubt. Greg, uh, with just a minute or so left, you know, as you listen to the entirety of the speech, uh, you have to admire the speechwriters behind oh. it because there was such incredible poetry, yeah. especially as the president wrapped up. Can you speak about that, about the, the speechwriters themselves and uh, how that works, the machinations of, of writing a State of the Union address? When you, uh, when you listen in interviews or, or uh, read about speechwriters at the White House for any, any president or any administration, they talk about the importance of, of tapping into the voice of who that president is and then writing for that person's style. Um, so that's always the challenge for any, any speechwriter. And, of course, if you're a speechwriter working with the same president for a period of time, you understand how that works, and uh, you get into a rhythm in finding that person's voice. I see. Um, and, the, you know, the president, too, um, he understands, as do the speechwriters, that this is the State of the Union, even though some people don't, they wonder about the value of it anymore, it still is sort of a, a remarkable scene. We have all of the leaders in the three co-equal branches of the federal government sitting in the same room. Um, and so it's, it's still an incredible display of, of democracy in this country. And so some of the sweeping language and rhetoric that we hear in these kinds of speeches, like we did at the end of the president's speech last night, is always just real fitting because it matches the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, Greg, we can't thank you enough for sparing some time for us today and yes. your sleep-deprived state. Hey, glad to do it. A double dip this week. Always our pleasure. Salem Radio News, Greg Clugston joins us. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. It may not be stomach issues. For me, it's intense gas or pain or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. 
So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. You know, Kath and I, our kids are students at Grove City College. And one of the great things about Grove City is the proximity to the city of Pittsburgh. So um, my boy needed some things. And, uh, you know, hey, Dad, could you bring me this? And how about this and this? So last night after the show, I I drove up to Grove City. And um, I got up there and texted him. And I said, hey, I'm I'm out in the parking lot here. He said, okay, I'll be down in a minute. So I had an opportunity to, to stand outside and just take in Grove City. It's really beautiful it campus. Is. It's gorgeous. So I'm sitting there, standing there waiting, and and I'm thinking about my own college experience, which, to be honest, uh, was academically less than stellar because uh, I was interested in the party. I was a good-time Johnny. And I, I see what goes on at Grove City, and not that there's a, a fortress of the culture that separates, you know, our kids at Grove City from what goes on. But there's some serious learning that's taking place. And I've, I'm waiting for my boy, and I'm thinking, John, you did the right thing here. Uh, you know, you raised this kid, and he chose Grove City, and he's going to get a quality education. And more importantly, while he's getting a quality education, he's investing in his relationship with Christ. I mean, that's priceless. Doesn't get much better than that. Sure doesn't. For more information on Grove City College, for you and your family, find them at gcc.edu. Rain will be ending first thing this evening. Cloudy, damp, and mild for the rest of tonight with areas of fog, low 46. Tomorrow, some fog around early, otherwise mostly cloudy and quite mild. Periods of rain and a thunderstorm tomorrow afternoon and into tomorrow night. High tomorrow, 61. The low tomorrow night, 36. Increasing amounts of sun for Friday, but windy and turning much colder as temperatures fall into the mid-20s. I'm AccuWeather's Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Last night's State of the Union address was watched, I think, by about 25% of the American electorate. Okay. So it's... Not bad. What well, you, what it's were the not good. For, what were the numbers for the Super Bowl, I wonder? Uh, well, I know it was the worst Super Bowl in 10 years as far as uh, viewership goes. Okay. So did more people watch the State of the Union? Or I'm did sure more, more watch people watch... I'm Super guessing Bowl. that more people watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. But of the 25% who watched... According to a CBS incident poll that happened right after the uh, speech was concluded, 72% of people who listened and or watched it liked what they heard. That is a shocking number. I would it say really so. It really is, especially for how polarizing this president is. No doubt. Yeah, considering that, yeah. So anyway, we're interested to hear from you. We want to open up our phone lines. Did you watch the State of the Union speech? And if you did or listened to it or perhaps read the transcript or looked at it online today? What'd you think? Yeah. And if you didn't watch the speech, I'd be curious about that as well. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. Uh, 
800-848-8255. I'm not necessarily, I don't think Kath and I are looking for a political debate. I think we're looking for the, at least... Yeah, I just kind of want to get your feeling on it. I mean, we strive on our show to not to resist the polarization of our culture with every available opportunity. Yeah, the partisans. So we want, to, we want to emphasize the fact that there are many, many things to be united on as people who follow Jesus. It's a great country, um, too. But at the same time, if we, if we can't talk about politics respectfully, then, then we're not practicing our faith well because we have to be able to be kind and compassionate and respectful to one another. Right. That's, so, part, of, that's part of our call. Yeah, so give us your take. Uh, State of the Union. And the president's message received well, pro or con. If you watched, let us know. If you didn't, tell us why. 800-320-8255. You want to take a call or you want to take a break? We're going to jump right in. Okay, jump right in. 800-320-8255. Uh, is this Al? Al, yeah. Hey, Al. Thanks for uh, giving us a call. You're, you're live on the air with myself and Kath. What's your take? My take is... Um it's just a lot of rhetoric. You know, he just seems to be trying to cover up for other things and create new things. I really am not, you know, I just think even the thing about uh, abortion and all that, I think that's just something to distract attention from the realities of all these bad things that have been going on. And I think a lot of people go along with it because they're in that corner or whatever. Okay, yeah. I get that, yeah. Okay. okay, so what kinds of things do you think the his, his uh, view on abortion is covering up? For. What do I think? What now? Yeah, what you said that you felt like his st- his statement on abortion was covering up for something else. What kinds of things do you feel like he's well, trying I think to hide? He's just making things. I think he's making statements that he thinks would be popular with certain people. I see. Yeah. Because a lot of people act like they against abortion, but when it, when these children are born, they're against taking care of. Right. That's it's a good the point. Same people that say it, they're yeah. against. You know. Um, providing care for them. Yeah. They're different against giving them medical. Right. So it seems a little bit hypocritical to me. Well, that's a good point, Al. I mean, if you're going to be pro-life, that's pro-life. All the the way through. All the way through. Yeah. And if you're not supporting women and children after the baby's born, then you're not doing a whole lot to help their current life situation. Yeah. And I, I think that, uh, hey, Al, thanks for the phone call. I think that's true. A lot of people I do believe, and there's, there, I'm sure there's a measure of truth to this, that Rhetoric is rhetoric. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you can talk, 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 empty words. Let's see some action here, right? Um, he painted a vision, the president well, yeah. did. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's also talked in the speech about economic policies that he's instituted that have clearly panned out well in favor of millions of Americans, hundreds of millions of Americans. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's actual, that's not just talk, that is action. So I want to give him that. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's a great talk. I don't think he's a great talker. I don't think that's news to anybody. No, his I mean, oratory skills are, you know, less than. Right. And I think that verbally he has gotten himself into every possible altercation because he's just not disciplined in how he communicates and never has been. And as my mother tells me repeatedly, Kathy, he's 74. He's not going to change. There's a lot to be said for that, right? 800-320-8255. Back to the phones. And uh, Joe, you're with us live. Uh, give us your take on this last night. Actually, I loved it. I think he's a good president. Yes, he says some stupid things, but he's a good president. And I think he's done more than the last four presidents, to be mm. totally honest with you. All right. And I also think the American people should ask for the resignation of Nancy Pelosi. I get that you don't like him, but you do not off, you, you cannot 
disrespect the office of the presidency. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Uh, I would say that that's, that's unfair. Um, I don't think we've ever said or disparaged the president. It's not that we don't dislike him. Uh, I, I do like the president, and I, I am on board with most of his policies. But I, I do believe in the political climate we live in today that by saying something negative uh, it doesn't mean you know we're sort of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about Nancy Pelosi. She does not respect the office of the president. Well, yeah, I mean, I get that, but that's her job, isn't it? Well, I don't know. It, 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 it's it's ridiculous that we should see this behavior. I mean, it. What kind it, of behavior are you talking? What, what kind of behavior are you talking about? I think she she just doesn't like the man. Well, I'm sure she. Yeah. And she and she expresses it all over her face. I mean, yeah. It's right. You're right. She should be like tense stone-faced, and just go with it. But the display that she puts on national television is almost like watching a Saturday Night Live skit. It is. (laughs) You are so right about that. That is true. But, you know, it's politics as usual. And it's separation of powers. It's supposed to be like that. Yeah. There is supposed to be tension. There is supposed to be a power grab consistently going on between the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judiciary. Amen to that. Hey, we need to step away for just a minute, but your phone calls are welcome. What did you think about the State of the Union address? 800-320-8255. Phone calls are lining up, but uh, you want to join us? You're welcome. 101.5 WORD. Coming up this week from Chuck Swindoll. Life isn't about us. It is about God's working through us. Hard message for the young to grasp. All of it is in his hands. God is at work carrying out his ways in his time. Lessons on trusting God, even when life delivers surprises. Ahead on Insight for Living with Chuck Swindoll. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. This is going to be the year. This is the year you are finally going to get more sleep. Real sleep. Deep sleep. The kind where you wake up feeling fully rested, refreshed, and ready to take on the day. Well, put your head on my pillow. This is John Hall. There's no better time than now to make my pillow your pillow. Stop tossing and turning and get the support you need in your quest for a better night's sleep. Right now, Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, is offering word listeners his amazing four-pack special. Order today. You'll receive two premium MyPillows along with two go-anywhere pillows. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. Just enter the promo code WORD at MyPillow.com. Try it. And if you don't absolutely love it, return it within 60 days for a full refund. If you've resolved to get a better night's sleep, now's the perfect time to do it. Use promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and make MyPillow yours today. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-311-9115. 
800-311-9115. That's 800-311-9115. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Kids learn differently at different ages. Trinity Christian School's classical approach to education is specifically designed to maximize learning at every age of a child's development. It's an approach Trinity has applied intentionally with great success for more than 60 years, making them one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. See how it works at their 10 a.m. open house, Saturday, February 9th. For details, visit trinitychristian.net. Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills at trinitychristian.net. Hey, welcome back. We're taking your phone calls about uh, your take on last night's State of the Union address. This is a rare thing for us. We try as much as humanly possible to stay away from politics. We really do. But, you know, we know how divisive it can be, but also how important it is as well. Yeah, I mean, if we can't just hear someone call in and have them state an opinion that maybe we don't like, then clearly we're not labeling or we're not we're not modeling any type of, you know, adult behavior yes. and kindness, forgiveness and, you know, the things that allow us to you know, live with one yeah, another. Social lubricant of Thank the day. You. Let's go back to the phones and speak with Alan. Hey, Alan, you're with us. Uh, give us your uh, take on last night. Hi, I think he did a fantastic job. I, he's the first president to recognize, openly recognize God uh, in, in his speech. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, God gave life and who, uh, who as humans are we to take it away? Mm-hmm. And what New York did, I think, was a disgrace to cheer about an abortion uh, law at nine months a term uh, is disgusting. And if if that has to be utilized, if that has to be utilized, that should be done confidentially, privately, and the discussion should be held. But to cheer it on is is appalling. And I think that he was, I I think the areas that he touched on as, as a Christian I was proud that he was our president. I agree. Yeah, I, I thought it was a yeah. great speech. Now, are you saying that he's the first president that ever brought up God in the State of the Union speech? The way he brought it up, yeah. I mean, uh, to mention the, the about the holy, uh, that we're born in the image of God, uh, yeah, I believe he was. I'd have to look that up. I would be very surprised if that was the case. Well, it was powerful. I, lo- I loved how he did it. Very much so, yeah. 800-320-8255. Robin, you're with us today on the air. What did you think about last night's State of the Union? Hi, how are you? Good, good, thanks. Thanks for calling. Yes, you're welcome. Um, I must say that this was the first time that I heard this president actually speak in unifying terms and terms which was quite surprising and actually welcoming. Um, I welcomed that he was speaking unified terms. Um, my, um, my prayer is that he really believes the things that he actually said and that he, um, he spoke about. We are one nation. And um, I must also say, if I may, um, that um, I do believe that Nancy Pelosi respects the office of the presidency. I heard a former caller, yes. um, there was no one who was more negative and terribly bad behaved than John Boehner to President Obama. Right, that's um, true. 
You got that right, yeah. Good phone call. Thanks okay. a lot, Robin. Appreciate it. Okay, so Robin liked it. Yeah, great. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, the 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 talk about u- unity that's so necessary. Yeah. Now let's hope now that here, we follow the, through with yeah, that. Yeah, let me just say though, the talk unity is absolutely necessary. But would that he has listened to his own words and gets up this morning and says, "You know what? I want to do that. Right. I want to do that." And oh. if he does do that, then we should cheer him on. I agree, hundred uh, percent. We got time for another phone call. Hey, Greg. Uh, thanks for coming along today. How you doing, brother? Hey, John. Hey, Kathy. How are you? Hey, good, Greg. Good. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to hear him because, of course, you know I'm on the road and yes, I had to be in bed. But what I hear you guys talking about, first of all, I really like this guy. I really, really like this guy because this guy is not one of the old, the good old boys. He uh, does things different. Of course, you know, like you said, you guys say, when he gets off track, he gets off track. But he really is about this country. Okay. He's about this country. Yeah. I just I, I like dislike what you guys are saying about him. Because uh, I don't get a chance to see a lot of TV because of me being on the road, but you're better for Trump, it. Uh, I, I, I'm a Democrat, and, I, and I, I'm just I just like the way this guy moves. Really? Okay. So, Greg, what do you like? You like his plain spokenness? You like his policy? What do you like? I like his policy, and I like him his straightforwardness, and I like the fact that what I really like, what I, by being a Christian, what I really, really, where he really got me on board is when he did that Jerusalem thing. Yeah. When he did that Jerusalem the embassy. thing. Yep. Like, oh, man. That's oh, powerful. Man. Yeah. How, how, many, how many presidents said they would do it and no one followed through, yeah. and he finally did? Yeah, yeah. he yeah. talked you about gotta, it last night. You got to give that to him. Yes, yes, he, and he did it immediately. And then it's just the fact that, like, uh, he is starting to, he is start, like, like the old saying is, you know, from the streets, when you when you, when you got gangsters out there, you got to send a gangster to do a gangster's job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like we've been, We've been messing around, like uh, 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 trying to do this real nice and whatnot. And these guys are just, uh, I'm not a real politician guy. I'm not a really know what's going on. But I do know that since he's been in, he's been making things happen. And he's about making this country safe and secure. Amen to that. That's a great phone call. Thanks Thanks a lot, Greg. Greg. Appreciate it. Step away. Come back. Uh, When we come back, we're going to play a recording uh, of a piece last night the President Trump had. Which I think was the very best part of the speech. Right. He summed it up in a very poetic way. So stick around for that. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. We'll be back in a few minutes. I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse, to see what you're planning for the love of your life besides a hug around the neck. Well, we've got something fun planned for Valentine's Day. Let me tell you about it. We'll turn down the lights, light the candles, bring out the china, and serve you the yummiest, home-cooked, farm-fresh, four-course meal you ever tasted. Wedding soup, reunion salad, grilled marinated flank steak, Mediterranean stuffed chicken breasts, pearls, potatoes, and your choice of homemade Springhouse cheesecake or pie for dessert. Or, and I can't forget, coffee and pink lemonade. 
Our talented piano player will be on board to serenade you, too. So call to reserve your spot or just come on out to the farm for a Valentine's Sweetheart Dinner at the Spring House in 84 PA. Reserve your sweetheart dinner date for Valentine's Day, 5 to 8.30 p.m., Thursday, February 14th at 724-228-3339 or at springhousemarket.com. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America invites you to take steps for cures at a walk event near you. Support the 1.6 million Americans living with these diseases. Get started at cctakesteps.org. Hey, welcome back. We got a, Mike, can we play this clip? We just have a, a couple of minutes here. This is President Bush or President, President Bush. Bush. President Trump <laughs> last night uh, just wrapping things up at the State of the Union address. When American soldiers set out beneath the dark skies over the English Channel in the early hours of D-Day, 1944, they were just young men of 18 and 19 hurtling on fragile landing craft toward the most momentous battle in the history of war. They did not know if they would survive the hour. They did not know if they would grow old. But they knew that America had to prevail. Their cause was this nation and generations yet unborn. Why did they do it? They did it for America. They did it for us. Everything that has come since our triumph over communism, our giant leaps of science and discovery, our unrivaled progress towards equality and justice, all of it is possible thanks to the blood and tears and courage and vision of the Americans who came before. Think of this capital. Think of this very chamber where lawmakers before you voted to end slavery, to build the railroads and the highways and defeat fascism, to secure civil rights and to face down evil empires. We cut it there. But he paints this vision of looking back at America in this room, he talks about, in this capital, that men and women came before him and they ended slavery. They did their best to end oppression, to build the railroads, to create so many things that makes this country what it is, as imperfect union as it is. It is still unheralded as the greatest country in this world. I as soon as it was over, went back and watched that part again. That is such a wonderful, wonderful portion of that. It's just that's some of the best presidential rhetoric. I, I seriously, I, I, I had spent a couple years of my life just reading over presidential speeches. To me, that part will go down in history. Yeah, it's just I mean, gorgeous, it says it all. Gorgeous. We are so fortunate to be living downwind of those men and women. Boy, you got that right. I mean, they have... The sacrifices they, that they The made. stuff they had, we just don't have. No. We do not have it. And so for people last night who were at the State of the Union and the poor behavior, people, you know, rolling their eyes or catcalling or... 
I mean, those people who are representing us, aspire, they are most privileged position exactly. of anybody in history. Aspire to a higher standard. To sit in that room and to be part of the judicial process or the, the, the process where the laws are made to help us become a greater country. Take that seriously. Not to be the opposition, not to work against the process, but to be part of it, to build it up, not to tear it down. No matter who you are, red or blue, it's a great country. To make yourself a distinguished part of a tremendous lineage, a tremendous lineage of people that have done their best for the nation and for their electorate. Yeah. And for him, the president last night, to call out socialism as the coming evil, that this country would never be a socialist country. Amen, Amen to that. Anybody who thinks that that's, you know, the new bright shining star. Just read some history. Got that right. You're living in somewhere else where you don't need to be. Hey, thanks as always for being with us here. Uh, you're, you're always happy to be part of this yeah. conversation. We're always happy to have you as part of it. We sure are. So anyway, the show podcast about an hour or so after we leave the air, wordfm.com, the ride home with John and Kathy show.com, Facebook. We're out there and on Twitter as well. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.